1: Welcome to 5,000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. Joining you as ever, myself, Rob Tanner, and my co-host, Leicester City legend, former skipper, Matt Elliott. How are you doing, Matt?
2: Very well, thank you, Rob. I'm elevated to co-host these days, am I? You are, you are. Absolutely. It's a promotion for you. Yeah, I'll take that as a positive. You didn't have uh, too many
1: promotions in your playing days, did you?
2: (laughs) Now, 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 we were getting along well up to that point, but... uh, (laughs) Let's get on with the chat, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We've got plenty to discuss this week. uh, On the back of a a fantastic victory over Brighton we'll be discussing the attacking options that Brendan Rodgers now has at his disposal and some players coming back into form a little change of system as well that seems to have benefited them the issues at centre-back again with Johnny Evans' suspension for the Everton game and the uh, the, the, the strange situation revolving around Charles Ossiunsu's injury at the moment and we'll also be reflecting on Leicester City's draw in the Europa League uh, to uh, Slavia Prague a place I'd love to go to we'll be discussing that later on. But before we get into that, let me remind you that right now, if you subscribe to The Athletic, you can give another subscription as a gift for free. It's the perfect present for any football fan this Christmas. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. Wave goodbye to 2020, good riddance to it, and say hello to 2021 by sharing the gift of The Athletic's unrivaled football coverage for the whole year. It's the perfect present for yourself and someone else. Just go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash pod That's theathletic.co.uk forward slash pod and sign up. Right. Okay, then, Matt. Brighton. Discourse. Yeah. It was a return to form, wasn't it? Certainly. I mean, I thought for the first... Ten minutes, the way Leicester set up in that uh, back three again, and I thought he's going to be Fulham or West Ham all over again when Danny Welbeck yeah. went through and had that opportunity. And there was a Brighton looked a bit of a threat on the on the counter, and then it was a a tactical change from Brendan Rodgers that uh, turned the tide in his side's favour.
2: With, with you announcing there, all the issues going on at, at, just at Leicester City. Made me wonder myself, you know, who would be a manager? Hey? You know, all the, the problems you've got to solve constantly and solutions to find. And that's when things are going well, <laughs> never mind when you're under pressure. But uh, Brendan Rogers obviously revels in it, doesn't he? Uh, he you know, he's got a big emphasis on the sort of tactical and the technical side of the game. And he, he's in his comfort zone when, when uh, the situation is Like that, but uh, yeah, against I I was mildly disappointed. I was speaking prior to the game, and I was I was hoping that Leicester, having reverted back to the back four on the Thursday against AK, okay, slightly lesser opposition and less pressurised situation. Even though a win was needed to to guarantee being top of the group, um, I I thought that was the perfect sort of scenario to to rehearse what they were going to try and reenact in the Premier League. Ie be a little bit more adventurous going forward, uh, slicker in their movement and their passing, more energetic and, and more emphasis on squeezing the opposition, pressurising the opposition, and you know almost sort of going back to how they played in the first half of the last campaign, if people can remember that far back. But when they were really were flying, and when you saw the lineup, you thought, oh, okay. I'm sure a lot of Leicester City supporters were similarly minded, thinking, well back three I mean, slightly sort of negative or, or, or approach on, on the game You know, against the likes of Brighton at home is not what they were looking to see and uh, certainly that's what I thought uh, uh, Leicester Le- Le- Le still may well have come out on top if, if they continued with that approach but for me their best and I mentioned it before when they play a back four and the, they've got okay two holding midfielders if you like or one and a half with Tillemans who ventures forward and then the other players go and strut their stuff and it, it, Brennan Rogers had, if there was any criticism beforehand it, he had to be applauded for the promptness of of recognising what was going wrong what was causing problems altering it and because of that Leicester went on to win the game comfortably didn't they from that moment onwards you know you have to, obviously the players have to react to the situation but they were getting holes picked in them weren't they with that back three in particular the space I thought behind uh, between and behind Fafana and Albrighton, um, Fafana sort of sometimes gets drawn into challenges or areas that maybe he doesn't want to go, but um, and it opens up space, especially when you've got that that wing back uh, position there, which Mark Albrighton was playing, rather than uh, an orthodox fullback who would be deeper and narrower who could plug that gap. But uh, yeah, it was causing problems. Made the change, and we saw the result. Uh, it was it was a wonderful last 30 minutes of the first half performance, wasn't it?
1: Well, absolutely, and Roger said afterwards that, it, that change was solely a, a defensive one. He said when they had the ball, they looked great. When they didn't have the ball, then there was a problem. And you're right, the back three seemed to get stretched, and Farner in particular gets uh, isolated, I, I feel, and the, the wing backs get yeah. caught too far. I think it works, that system works on the road when you can sit in, but yeah. when you're expected to go and dictate uh, the, the, the play, that, that back four just gives them more freedom, I feel. Um, but there was one outstanding um, character there that Started the game uh, left wing back and then moved to right, a conventional right back, but he was still, it was probably. a more of a, an attacking threat in that role than he was in a wing-back role. James Justin. Now, the interesting thing about James is that in the pre-match press conference, we obviously ask lots and lots of questions of Brendan Rodgers. And and sometimes he comes up with an answer to a question we haven't asked. And we didn't ask. Nobody asked about James Justin. But he he went. Uh, he just changed it in mid-sentence and mid-answer to another question. And started talking about how James Justin is a, such a wonderful player and so versatile. And every single position he's asked him to play, is, whether well, is it's... Been on the left side or right side of a back three, wing back, full back, left and right. He's done every single job and he's really coming to the fore now. And that was probably his best performance in a Leicester shirt.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. I think uh, he was a standout figure, really. Um, even with Madison you know, scoring the two goals, which we'll probably mention more in a minute, as the second one, which was an absolute perler. I mean, you mentioned the word there, a, a certain character. James Justin and I think character is a large part of his makeup. not taken a while to set, but it's taken a while for him to get his opportunities because of the quality of Ricardo primarily in front of him and Ben Chilwell last campaign. Um, but he hasn't let you know the size of the task in hand phase him, has he? And I think he's got confidence in his own ability, just in sort of quietly understated. He's a very polite young man, but he's a very determined young man as well and well, we've seen these many attributes. Yeah, to have that versatility uh, for someone of such a relatively young age and at Premier League level inexperience, to be able to fulfil multiple roles is, is some accolade, really, you know, and some achievement because it's hard enough coming into you know, what's primarily your orthodox position, say, an out-and-out right-back but he, he can play advanced there. He can play inside, as you say, on the outside of a three-centre half. I w- I'm sure he'd be very capable uh, in, a, in a central defensive partnership of two. Um, he can put left back, left wing back. He could probably do a holding job in midfield, I'm sure. A very intelligent footballer. He started in midfield at Luton. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. I probably should have, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's, his athletic ability is... It's something that I'm personally very jealous of and, and, um, <laughs> and so are many other current-day players, I'm sure, because that assists uh, in his in his versatility. But at the same time, he's got to have a good understanding of the game, adapt in, in so many different ways. He, he must be sort of brimming with confidence. Who knows? A, a while ago, it was a foregone conclusion that he, he was filling a hole for a while. But now, people are not so sure. If he plays like he did last night... On a on a regular occurrence, he's uh he's going to have a a, a good point to uh, or a good case for questioning you know him not being in the starting lineup, isn't he? And uh, yeah, quite absolutely. rightly, Brendan Rodgers, you know, it, I think he's he's done very well to single him out there because good man management and it's probably a point that he wants to make. You know, Brendan is pretty shrewd isn't he? He's doing his best to keep as many of the players happy as possible. Ayoze Perez as well has come in from the cold. And all of a sudden, he's getting mention and recognition. And he's going to need the entire squad throughout the course of the campaign.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Peris there, because that moves us uh, nicely onto the, the, these attacking options. And I've just uh, published a piece uh, based... Uh, I was started writing it before last night's game, but I thought last night emphasised the point I was trying to make, really, about the options he's got open. Now, we know Vardy's the main man. I mean, 42 goals in 56 games under Brendan Rodgers. I mean, that is a phenomenal record. And we saw his performance yesterday's link-up play, a couple of assists as well. But James Madison obviously caught the eye, especially with that spectacular second goal. I thought Perez had a very... Uh, quietly effective game uh, as well. Two players that have uh, been support players to, to Vardy, but play very narrow. But he's also got the options of Harvey Barnes and Chenga's under that we saw against Athens uh, last week in the Europa League as well, particularly under who is exciting. And I know a le- lot of Leicester fans are hoping he was going to make his full uh, Premier League debut for, for Leicester City, but he's got a way, a useful asset to, to have in reserve. But he's got so many options now. Um, though for those support roles behind Jamie Vardy you've got the out and out wing play of Harvey Barnes, the pace, the power the directness, you've got that little bit of guile and uh, you know that little bit of magic, a bullet shot from under, you've got Madison floating in that number 10 role and Perez just quietly going around his, doing his own thing as well I mean, Damari Gray, I mean, Brendan Rodgers admitted Damari Gray is leaving the club, that there's no future for him at the club, although he said he'd still res- respect him. If he needed to, he'd call upon him. But um, th- he's got so many options now. That's They've, they've moved on from Damari Gray. And still, you've got and Inaccio and Dennis Pratt as well. Uh, Dennis Pratt offering that that running power from midfield and Kolechi being the occasional number nine, but I think he's a little bit more effective in behind Jamie Vardy as well. So you've got so many options up there. Uh, and you said at the start of the show, you know, the manager's got to find the solutions. He's got to play his hand right, hasn't he, this season, because they hold the key to where Leicester will, how successful this season will be, ultimately, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned a, a whole flurry of, of, of different names and uh, attacking options and possibilities and, you know, how to match them up, et cetera. And I mean, I, people would have watched the AEK Athens performance and think how can Barnes and Under not be started after that performance and you know they they were the two biggest threats and they both notched the goal each and you thought right Harvey's sort of back on song and Under's eventually reached that sort of level that where he can be considered from starting the Premier League and then neither of them feature (laughs) that's how strong the (laughs) Leicester squad is at the moment few sort of eyebrows raises we mentioned about the team before the uh Brighton game but Perez he's come in and I think Brendan probably looked at it again good man management in that perspective in as much as Perez came in from the cold he's backed him against Sheffield United he turned up with the goods played probably as well as he's played for quite a while for the hour or so he was on the pitch got himself a goal and contributed didn't he so more of the same in the next league game Brendan's backed his player and as you say he without being scintillating he was worthy of his, his place and, and he contributed didn't he for sure um it was unlucky actually not to not to get a goal one stage with a wonderful move from Leicester that uh, again featured James Justin with Perez he, he very rarely finishes the game does he but um I don't know that I don't know whether that's just sort of a, a physical thing does he run out of steam despite doing all the all the hard work off the pitch so whoever Leicester bring on the They've got something different, as you well, You're right to mention there. It's not like for like, is it, either? No,
1: they've all got their own talents, haven't they? They've yeah, yeah they're
2: standout attributes. So the, options all over the park. Not so long ago, I think there was a little bit of sort of doubt about the, the strength and depth of the attacking options. But now, over recent time, everyone has sort of played a part and proved their worth. Um, Unders developing, etc. The, the only doubt still does remain about the genuine top-level Premier League quality if Jamie Vardy is out of that central area. Ian Acho, bless him, he gives his all, doesn't he? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you probably feel in in sort of the, the medium to long-term that Leicester will be perhaps looking for an, an alternative there. And, and someone needs to be brought through. You know, it's, it's quite obvious however long Jamie can go on for, but on that aside, it, it really is developing the squad very well, isn't he, Brendan?
1: This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small
0: town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League.
1: Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Well, the one area that he hasn't got so many options is at the back. And that got worse again yesterday with Johnny Evans picking with his fifth booking of the season. He's serving a one-game suspension uh, for the visit of Everton on Wednesday night. Now, this is on the back of the fact that Siyunsu uh, suffered a, a relapse of his um, his groin injury, although that's a strange situation um, because, speaking before the Athens game, uh, when Brendan was asked about Siyunsu coming back, he, he revealed that he'd had another scan and it had come back clear, uh, and it was now about how he feels uh, this is what Brenda said. It's about how he feels. There's a lot of great medical work going on with him, but he has to get comfortable with it. He's out on the field, he's working, and he's going through various movement patterns in order to find the comfort. Hopefully, it'll be sooner rather than later, but we don't want to be rushed. Uh, with the last one, we did a lot of work, and he's gone into the game. The scan showed up clean, but it was more about him telling us how he feels, that he's not quite there himself. So it sounds like um, Brenda's leaving it very much up to Tsu and whilst the scan's... Haven't found uh, there's been any serious injury uh, in his comeback. Uh, it sounds like it's a psychological issue for for Sun Tzu. And it does seem to limit his option now. He's only got uh, Fafana and uh, Wes Morgan uh, as two centre backs, recognised centre backs for uh, for the Everton game. Uh, but it just seems like a strange situation with Sun
2: Tzu. Yeah, frustrating, I think, for, for all parties and none more so than Sun Tzu himself, though, I think. I, I think. Some people will read into Brendan's comments there and think, hey, oh, is he having a little bit of a snipe at his player?" But I don't think in this instance he is. I think probably Brendan's trying his, his best to explain the scenario and at the same time probably giving a little bit of protection to his his medical staff, if you like, because um, they you know they'll be putting a, a lot of work in, and from the, from their point of view, there's nothing. To seemingly prevent, are from completing his rehabilitation? But you know, it's not always the case. You know, all, all the scans can show everything's hunky-dory, etc. But in the day, it's the player himself who knows whether he's in pain in certain situations or not, or has he got full extension of of that joint? You know, without that, when he came across, wasn't it in the game against Hanks, You know, he, he covered it with ease. There was obviously. I was going to say a twinge more than a twinge, really. There was a uh, you know pain that must have shot through him, and he realised. Well, hang on. You know, you're always told in your rehabilitation if there's if there's any pain, not to do it. Uh, it's not a case of battling through and saying, "Well, okay, it so hurts. I'll work through it," because you're just going to irritate it and aggravate it. So you know, only the player himself knows really. But it, it is it is an unusual one, but. Uh, also I, for anyone who's considering you know questioning the character of the player I, I don't think he's that sort of individual to use you? <laughs> you know he's, no. he seems no. like a player who's, who's desperate to get back if anything yeah he's, if anything I think he's probably you know he, he might have sort of forced the issue a little bit um I, I know players in the past who used to lie to the physios, barefaced, you know tell them Steve Walsh in particular <laughs> reminds me of this Walsh used to make out that he, he was fine when he knew full well he should have had another couple of weeks in the treatment room but he would bust the cut to get out and he would actually escape the physio's treatment room when they weren't looking and join in the warm up uh, with <laughs> us on a, on a Friday morning Steve Wolford the coach said I thought you were injured he was like no 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 I'm fine I'm fine Wally uh, I'll play and he went okay right all right, so you might be able to shout for tomorrow. and Then physios would come running on the pitch, going, "Get him back in there." And Walshy <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't give in, and ended up somehow he talked Martin and Neil into playing him. He would play for an hour or so and then come hobbling off again. But mm. you know, that, that, listen, that's not the way forward, right? That, that's old school, and that, that's Walshy. He was an exceptional individual, but players are, can be guilty of, of hurrying up the process, really, and maybe that's that's what's happened. He's come unstuck a little bit, but. The good thing is the scans show up that there's no structural problem. Um, so hopefully the rest of it is just sort of superficial. In a week or two, we'll be back. But it is, it is a uh, an issue, isn't it? The centre-half position. I'm not so sure they need someone else, though. I mean, how many good centre-halves do you need? Possibly if you're looking at sticking with the back three. But I don't think Brendan will do long-term, perhaps occasionally. But even then, you've got four... Very good centre-halves. Okay, people say, Morgan, is, is he going to be out to at the top level in a back four regularly? Maybe not, but I still think he's capable uh, of, of performances. We've seen that. And then you know, you've always got the aforementioned James Justin, Christian Fuchs, amongst others, who could fill in in a back three situation. But there is a problem on Wednesday night, isn't it? I think, obviously, is out, Evans is out. Will he go with Fafana and Morgan, the two Weses? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think Wes has still got it in him. If you buy another top-class centre-half, Rob, there's a danger he could spend... I know there's rotation, etc. We he could spend the rest of the campaign on, on the subs bench, a bit like Ryan Bennett did. Well, that didn't quite work out eventually, but Ryan Bennett came in when it was needed, did OK for a couple of games and then they decided it wasn't the way forward. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think... Probably in an ideal world, but then you don't want too many players on the sidelines not doing too much. I, I still think Wes Morgan's has got a performance against him in the locker, especially against Everton.
1: I think the the, uh, the concern with Wes is that he's had this ongoing back problem for quite some time. In fact, since Brendan... Well, yeah, came he's to got the his block, own problem. Yeah, so I mean, and I, I think they've got to think long-term. Brendan's been asked about well, I asked him about, uh, was he going to go into the transfer market in January? And he said it unlikely to do anything in January. And t- traditionally, I know there's been the Wolf and the Diddies that have come in in previous January yeah. transfer windows, but they don't tend to do a lot of business this season because you don't get a lot of value. If clubs are reluctant to release players, you know, and if they do, they're going to come at, at quite a high price. So they certainly... Sort that of could be-
2: well be an option, Rob.
1: Yeah, I mean, Benkovic is, um, is is the one that everybody keeps saying, well, why is Benkovic out on loan when Leicester might be struggling for, at, at centre-back level? He's not getting a game at Cardiff. He went there and got an injury and since then he's just out of favour and he can't get a game at Cardiff. He's not going to be ready to come into the Premier League, is he?
2: Well, I think the reasons are relatively clear with Benkovic yeah, in terms of you know why Brendan doesn't consider him up to... Premier League standard, really. He seems like he's quite got quite a lot to learn, uh, both decision making. Even though he's, a, you know, he's a very tall individual, perhaps a little bit of physicality when we need a bit of robustness about his game. But I was trying to say before you mentioned Wilfred and he came in in the January transfer. he may well be an option in the centre half position.
1: He really he started there at West Brom? Yeah, he started there.
2: Yeah, he's got the capabilities. I think. You know, if they're not 100% sure about Wes fitness-wise or otherwise, uh, you know, and Palace Mendy, he's been more than sufficient in, in that role, doesn't he? he we in, indeed, his absence could well be employed at centre-half. I, I personally, I don't think it's a massive priority for me. It, it's unusual to have two, you know, if you say two and a half, if Wes is carrying a little bit of an injury, two and a half injuries in that position... And when you have you have the other players who can slot in and indeedy as well, I think they're reasonably well covered, to be honest.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more looking
1: for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard it right you can talk to a real human in customer service any time sounds like a real game changer if you ask me Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The games are still going to be coming thick and fast in the new year. We've had the draw today for the last 32 of the Europa League and it's Slavia Prague for Leicester City in the knockout stages of the Europa League. Now, straight away when I saw it was Prague, I thought I've never been there and it's I'm told it's a beautiful, beautiful city. And I still don't know whether I'm going to be allowed to go there because I've not been able to go anywhere so far in this this campaign. But I would have thought you being an international jet-setting footballer, <laughs> although uh, accepted that you played for Scotland, so the only place you ever went to was the Faroe Islands, been nailed on that you'd been to Prague. Matt, but you haven't, have
2: you? I'm absolutely disappointed and bordering on disgusted with myself. I haven't been out there. Um, not not necessarily for football reasons because you, you just go where... Yeah, I didn't like you say I didn't. Well, I played with Scotland. We, obviously, we played abroad a few times, but with Leicester, only on the European tour twice, and they were both cut short. But you you go to certain places pre season. Yeah, even back in our day, we, we used to go away for a week in Sweden or Finland, etc. Never had the pleasure of going to Prague. But I thought I would have made it on a on the social sense. Uh, the, well, it's notorious for, for stag do's, etc. Isn't it? And Birthday celebrations and the lads trips away. um No, but it's on the to do list. That's for sure. And I know, I know it, was, it used to be ex- extremely popular. It still is to a certain degree. um The prices were were very um very favourable as well, weren't <laughs> they? Back then, for the the local beverages back in the day. But uh, I think that's slightly changed. But uh, yes, yeah, still. But as well as that, it's, it's meant to be a beautiful city, as you say. You know, it, yeah, it makes for a good trip round, doesn't it? And uh, one to tick off the bucket list as well.
1: Well, it's it, still uncertain whether we, any of us, can actually go because of COVID and uh, the, the restrictions on international travel. But um, we do know the team got to go positive, there. Rob.
2: Let's be positive,
1: <laughs> Let's hope so. We've got a couple of months at least. But we know the team are going to go there. And, and what sort of, what do you think, sort of challenge they're going to present to Brendan Rodgers' side, uh, Slavia Prague? They finished second in their group, didn't they? So behind Leverkusen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they're absolutely flying in their league as well, aren't they? Obviously not to the standard of the Premier League, but i was having a little read up earlier, and they haven't lost a game all season. Conceded just three goals, I think, and they're rattling goals in themselves and sitting pretty on top of the league. And it's um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough task, isn't it, for the group that they got through? That um, they beat Nice, obviously Ligue 1 outfit, outfits. So that shows their capabilities and uh, listen Leicester not going to be foolish enough to take them lightly but having said that you know if your instinctive reaction when the draw comes up is yeah you'll settle for that from a Leicester City point of view it could have been a whole lot worse couldn't it that's for sure
1: absolutely and it's a mouth-watering one for the new year and on that note this is uh, our final podcast of 2020 a year we'd all like to forget in many ways uh, but we look forward to 2021 join us again in the new year matt have a great christmas and i'll speak to you on the next edition of 5001 in the new year mate
2: and you sir always a pleasure rob and we'll catch up soon
1: thank you and to all our listeners have a great christmas as well